This podcast contains language and content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Weirdians, to our very first episode of uh, Astoundingly Weird. I am one half of your hosties. I'm Jake. And I'm Ash. And aren't we excited to bring this good old (laughs) podcast to you tonight? I've been excited all day. Nervous, but excited. Oh, yeah. It's been very exciting. Uh, You know, I, I never really knew about podcasting until... Like this year. Well, when I worked at Walmart for my little stint at Walmart doing the OGP, right? Um, I would I would listen to different podcasts, you know, yeah. while I was doing the grocery shopping. I yeah. just, you know, I, I've always thought there was just radio. No, never knew. Yeah. Never knew. I, I'm an idiot. No comment. And I'm not very old either. Yeah, you are. I'm old at heart. You're I'm not old in age. So old. You are so old. Me, on the other hand. I am 34, but I look 20. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, lightning is fixing to strike you. So, anywho, uh, yes, we are very happy to bring y'all a podcast of of a genre that we're both very, very into. Uh, we're going to bring you some good old spooky stuff. Creepy stuff. Criminal stuff. And just downright... Weird. Weird and unexplained and... We love it. Yes. So, being as this is our very first episode, and we're kind of new at this, bear with us. Please. Please and thank you. bear with us, because we, we are going to bring you an enjoying show, we hope. Yes, fingers crossed. And toes. Yes, bring you some good content. We hope. We hope. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try to bring this to you every week, also. Hopefully. And you're right. And as we get better... And grow. We're gonna do things with Patreon. A uh, merch. Merch. Yes. Your favorite word. Merch. Merch. We're gonna give away some lint. Pocket lint. Pocket that's lint. All we have right now. Yeah, because it, it, you know, it may be worth money one day. You'd be like, oh, I got, I want some of Jake's lint out of his pocket. <laughs> Let me frame it. Yeah, you could get all kinds of money from that. Probably not. But we we may do uh, Facebook live shows, maybe once a month, okay. depending on you know how we do. Yeah, starting out. Yeah, that's something we could think about. You know. Yes, because I don't know if they want to see our ugly mugs. Yeah, but you know, everybody always wonders. I wonder what they look like. Yeah, true. And then they look at us and they're like, "Wow, <laughs> 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 why did I even want his lens?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Anywho. Moving on. Moving on. Um, 
Uh, we are sticking a little close to home for this first episode. Um, yes. I'm going to talk a little bit about Camp Beauregard, and Jacob is going to talk about Octagon. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Octagon <laughs> Hall. No, I'm just kidding. I, I knew. I was just testing her out because she called me Jacob. <laughs> My bad, Jake. <laughs> no, yeah. Octagon Hall is what I'll be discussing. And it's all in Kentucky. Yes, the western side of Kentucky, because that is where we are from. Yes, we are from the bullshit of Kentucky. The most western point that you can get yes, in where, Kentucky. Where there's nothing, there's there's deer. Dollar General's galore. Yeah. and A Walmart. We have a Walmart. We do have Walmart and corrupt courthouses. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, would you like to start off? Sure, let's um let's start off talking about Camp Beauregard. Um it is a graveyard now or cemetery. Yes. But from the winter of eighteen sixty one to eighteen sixty two it was a Confederate training camp. Wow. And General P. G. T. Beauregard was over this training camp. There were over six thousand troops trained there. That's but a lot of troops. That for like the area that it was, you know, that is. Yeah, because it's not a very big area. No, it is not. But it could have been then. True. Yeah. Because we're um, talking what eighteen sixty two. Yeah. Yeah. That that probably was was an open field then. Yeah. <laughs> Which where the monument is um, is actually up on top of the cemetery. Like right, the, yeah, is yeah. up on top of the hill, and it's actually a really pretty view from up there during the day because i'm not going at night well i've only been there at night well oddly enough no so i couldn't really tell you what it looks like in the daytime but it is a nice little little view um there were 1500 troops that died though um from like pneumonia typhoid fever or meningitis like yeah because, I mean, it was the winter. They had harsh uh, living conditions. There you go. Yes. You know, and they weren't given proper equipment. Like, everything that they got was pretty much garbage. Um, it's kind of like it is now. Like, us Western Kentuckians get the shit shit. True. Okay. Like, their guns would misfire, um, and it would cause injuries. So, eventually, the general was like, no more guns during training. Right, because you think of a of a place like that, maybe, where they was, it was kind of a shit show. Yeah. I'm sure they had alcohol. Um, I guess. Maybe. So, (laughs) mixing alcohol with shit equipment cannot ever be good. Right, I'm pretty sure there were some deaths because of that. Oh, yeah. Um, well, after 1862, the camp was pretty much disbanded and all the troops... Moved on, and they had a mass grave for the 1500 that died there. Just dug a hole. Just dug a hole and put them in. I don't know if the monument itself is on top of that mass grave or just around the general area. It would be Uh, an interesting fact to find out if uh, if it's out there. Yeah. Um, Probably ain't. But after the camp was disbanded, I mean, this place was pretty much forgotten until 1920. When the Daughters of the Confederacy placed a Isn't memorial. that a cool name? Like the United Daughters of the Confederacy? Yeah. That is, <laughs> that <is laughs> That's pretty cool. cool. 
um, they place their memorial monument for the forgotten soldiers there. Right, right. Yeah. Some good fun facts about the old Camp Beauregard. Yeah. Some of them I didn't even know. Yeah. And also, I found, when I was doing some research, I found this cool little story. um, Because you know how, like, at Columbus Park, like, you can go do the metal detecting. Oh, yeah. Well, you're not allowed to do that at Camp Beauregard. Because the one time they did let somebody, they kind of got screwed over. Hmm. The landowners said, hey, you know, yeah, you can do this as long as you give me half of whatever you find. Well, the guy who apparently was the douchebag, I wish I could find his name because he was... Anyways. Yeah. He ended up giving the owners just like old horseshoes and old cast iron, nothing really of any significance because he told them that they, he couldn't find... That's all he could find. Right. Well, fast forward to the Banana Festival, which is held in Fulton, Kentucky. Was it the Banana Festival or was it the Pontotoc? It was the Banana Festival. Really? So it wasn't too long ago. It was the Banana Festival. Nice. Yeah. So there was this booth with Confederate artifacts. And lo and behold, it was the guy they let, you know, do the little metal detective. The one guy. The one guy. And he had bullets and buttons and other things. And it was labeled Camp Beauregard. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if he... If the landowner had, you know, talked to this guy and was like, hey, well, what is all this? Yeah, what, what, do you, what do you call this here guy? Yeah. Like, where did you find this out? Yeah. Um, so there, you don't so, know if there was a confrontation or not? Yeah, I don't know if there was a confrontation. I wish I knew if there was a confrontation. Right, right. But, so that is why you cannot do metal detecting at Camp Beauregard. Yeah. One bad apple, man. One bad apple. Ruins the whole bunch. But you can still ghost hunt it if you want. I mean, I guess. I, I guess, yeah. Because I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the, the, the owner of the land lives next to it, if I'm not mistaken. It's pretty close. If it's yeah. not next to it, it's pretty close. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's had to run some, some wacky teenagers off back in the day. Oh, yeah. Doing all kinds of stuff. Ghost I'm hunting. Sure. <laughs> yeah, ghost hunting. <laughs> so, huh. speaking of ghost hunting, um, the main, as far as like spooky time, you know, the main, like, things that people see, they've seen um, Civil War soldiers, you know, walking around, like, in full uniform. Like, you know, you can see a ghost with, you know. Right, right. And orbs. Orbs is another big thing. Um, orbs. I had someone tell me that their ex-boyfriend was out there with a bunch of friends one night, and um, they flashed their headlights at a tombstone. Well, this orb comes flying out of nowhere and like smacks their truck like hits their truck like a rock like wow <laughs> yeah and very exciting needless to say they they got out of there and refused to go back got out of dodge huh yes and it would have been me too <laughs> there's reports of people hearing screaming and like something scurrying around in the woods yeah no but telling it, them what that is but if you go look, like, there's nobody there. Right, right. And also, vehicles stalling out. That could never be good. Vehicles just stalling out. Just... No, that cannot be good at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't understand. Like, is there any cases of that? Um. Well, uh, yes, there is. Sorry, technical difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, folks. I've got to tell this story real quick. <laughs> so, as we all know, this is a 
Ash and I's first podcast here. <laughs> she is talking along on her on her mic over there. <laughs> and some ungodly reason the mic falls. <laughs> so she's scurrying about to get her mic. So all that noise was that. I am so sorry. <laughs> I am so discombobulated now. Well, in her defense, <laughs> that mic does not fit that there holder. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna hold. Just drop it all. I'm just gonna hold it. How yeah, that's that? fine. That's that, fine. Will that work? Or whatever. I feel like you know? a game show host now. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Bamboozled. You're the next contestant. Come on down. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you was telling us about that, uh, what you call it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the same person that was telling me the story about her ex-boyfriend right. said that one year they were on a hayride and the vehicle stalled. Ooh, the bunch of kids. Right in front of Camp Beauregard. Oh, no. Like, could you imagine? You know, you're creeped out anyway because you're, it's night. It's and dark, yeah. You're just putt-putting along, and then all of a sudden, boom, vehicle Man. doesn't want to go. I can't even imagine that. As a kid, you know, as a kid, you, you drive down through there, and it's all fun and games, and then... Your vehicle stops. <laughs> it just stops, and you're like... At inconvenient <laughs> spot. If I quit messing with me, Dad. And then he gets out with that pale look on his face, like, <laughs> it ain't me, son. <laughs> uh, don't know what we're going to do. I think yeah. everybody should run. Well, that's probably when I'd need a diaper, more than likely. Look, I'm trying to fix myself here. I'm oh, Lord. So sorry, folks. So it's sorry. It's all good. It's all good. So, did you know that there is an apparent witch buried out mm. there? Yes, the witch of Camp Beauregard. Well, there was a tombstone. Um, I think I've heard that it's been, like, since been taken down. Yeah, either taken down or, or knocked down. Something. Yeah. Well, there was a tombstone with a hand that was pointing down towards, like, mm. the underworld, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And supposedly that's where the witch is buried. Right. But I've also heard that it was supposed to portray this woman's hand reaching down from the heaven, embracing her family. Wow. And then I've also heard that it was a grave that belonged to a native american woman that was denied a christian burial because you know people back then were kind of assholes towards people that were different and that actually triggers paranormal activity because she was not able to be buried like she wanted to be right so that could make sense yeah and that also brings uh brings a good point to my story that i have because i did have a guy tell me that him and a group of people i think there was like five of them and went there as a as a creepy night. Let's get some adrenaline. Let's go walk through this graveyard. You know. <clears throat> so he's walking through there. They kind of separate because I mean it's not a, it's not a very large cemetery, no, so you can kind of see each other. Small area. Yeah. Well, he he kind of gets bored with it. He didn't see anything, so he starts walking back to the car, and he hears a uh, like a foot breaking a stick, walking like a, you know, like a. And then it goes, ka-chow. And he turns around, and he sees this figure wearing, like, a black dress. And, like, she's walking, and then she, like, scurries real fast, and then disappears. Yeah, I would have been like, bye-bye. Yeah, he was gone. He went yeah. to, he, like, was yelling, like, come on, get in the car, blah, blah, blah. They all jump in, and then, ka-chow, 
to go. It was gone. Yeah. Blink, I'm gone. It's like, and then they were gone. And the other day at work, I was talking to this guy, and he's from the Graves County area. And I'm like, hey, you know, do you have any ghost stories about Camp Beauregard? Of course. He has tons of stories because he is a trip. Oh, yeah. Where's um, he from, you say? He's from Graves, just Wingo Graves. area. Okay. I mean, I don't, he's just from So Graves. he's from the area. He's from yeah. Wingo. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. Um, he said one night he was out there with some friends, and um, two of them were hanging back by the car, and one of them decided to walk actually by the memorial. Yeah. Well, the dude, he says he's like a huge dude, like tall, like big guy. Like he sees this black shadow move like behind like towards him behind the memorial yeah so at first he's like man somebody's messing with me so (laughs) it's always your first thought right so he gets creeped out and starts you know running back to the car and uh, ends up getting in the car hiding and so the guy i work with is standing with his back towards the cemetery yeah and like he says he just gets this feeling Mm-hmm. Like something bad is behind me. Yeah, like yeah. you know the hairs on the back of his neck stand up, goosebumps, all that. Just an eerie feeling. I hate those eerie. And feelings. the other person that was with them sees some, like sees the shadow move and scream. So they all jump in the car. Right. The car won't start. <laughs> of course <laughs> not. Why would it start? <laughs> he says he's never had problems with this car before, but mm. it wouldn't start. So now they're like, shit. What do we do? Right. Yeah. One of us has got to get out. <laughs> One of us has got to get out. Right. So he gets out, pops the hood, wiggles the battery cable. Real quick. Like, yeah. Like he can feel this thing like coming towards oh, him. Oh, Lord. And so he finally, the, one of the friends in the car starts the car. Yeah. And Eric shuts the door or the hood and the friend like just takes off with <laughs> Eric hanging onto the hood of the oh, car. Oh, my God. Like down the hill away from the cemetery. I bet he got a good cousin. Yeah. So there's, you know. The huge tree-like shadow, like as big as a tree, just moving towards you. Now, I don't know if that is a normal haunt of Camp Beauregard or if it had something to do with the Ouija board that he had in his trunk. Of course he had a Ouija board in his trunk. Because, you know, Ouija boards are bad. Yeah, that's that's some demon shit that they could bring into the world. Very much so. Yeah. And that's, you know, I have heard, like, if you have say something attached to you whether it be ghost demon whatever and then you go to a like paranormal site that has activity that can enhance them yeah then they can come out you know and do whatever they want to do real quick and then it's over i I mean no thank you either way no thank you no good no No bueno either way either way no good so that's pretty much all I have. I mean, there wasn't really a lot as far as, like, research um, on it as far as, like, the Civil War stuff. I think there is a book out there if anybody wants to read it. Couldn't tell you the name of it. Um, just Google Camp Beauregard, and I'm pretty sure it'll pop up somewhere. Well, yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot on it, but it is kind of linked, in a way, to the Columbus Park in Columbus, Kentucky. Yeah. Because it says here, you know, the camp was situated to protect the right flank of the Confederate encampment at Columbus Park. So, yeah, everything was, like, connected right. through there. Gotcha. So there was probably some veterans that were buried there from Columbus, you know. Yeah. So I'm sure there's some kind of link between them. 
And if you don't know where Columbus Park is, it's, like I said, it's in Columbus, Kentucky. <clears throat> and Columbus was actually going to be our nation's capital at one time. Did you know that? If the South would have won? No. Oh, okay. No, I, no, they, that was, uh, I don't think it had anything to do with that. It could have been, but not 100%. I've just heard that it was supposed to be our nation's capital, and then they just decided to put it in Washington. Gotcha, you know, gotcha, gotcha. That's it's what I've heard. It's been so many years since I've been in school, I couldn't, I don't know my history anymore. Well, they have it up there in the museum. Yeah, It's been years since I've been to right. Columbus Park. me too. I mean, I've been there, but I haven't been in the museum. Right. And they say that that museum in Columbus Park... Is a little creepy. Yeah, a little creepy. Which, Columbus Park itself is a little creepy. Right. And it's got all them relics that they found. Uh, Cannonballs, bullets. What are them things called that they had behind that you can walk through? Um, the little trails? Tunnels? No, it's not really a tunnel. It's... Yeah, but they're like protection tunnels. I, what are they called? That's a good question. I don't know. The pits? No. <laughs> but you can walk through there? Yeah, that's what they kind of jumped in to protect themselves whenever, like, cannonballs was coming from the river. Yeah. That kind of thing. I really hate that I cannot think of that. I know, man. That's mm-hmm. us. Okay, moving on. Moving on. We'll, we'll do one on Columbus. We'll do an episode on that sometime. Yeah. Maybe. So, does that conclude our Camp Beauregard segment? That does in- conclude. Include that does include it. Um, <laughs> in conclusion of Camp Beauregard, um, yes. it's creepy. Don't go there at night, um, and you can't go metal detecting because of some asshole. Yeah, some dick from wherever. We don't know where Minnesota. I mean, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know for sure. I don't. Yeah. That's so, just speculation, sir. Yeah, speculatorious-ation. What was that? <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> so that brings us to the mysterious and wonderful Octagon Hall. If you can hear my dog in the background, that is a full-blooded Siberian Husky. And so she gets precious. a little crazy. You know. She's so precious, though. She's solid white with bright blue eyes. She's she's gorgeous. All right, so that brings us to the Octagon Hall. One such place is the Octagon Hall Museum and Confederate Studies Archive, located on 6040 Bowling Green Road, just north of Franklin, Kentucky. Now, the address is actually Franklin, Kentucky, but it's more in the Bowling Green area, if you're familiar with Bowling Green. Um, so, there you go. This antebellum, eight-sided, three-story brick home, one of only four brick eight-sided homes remaining in this country, began construction in 1847. That's a long, long time ago. It is. And was completed in 1859. It was built as the residence of Andrew Jackson Caldwell and his family. As the Civil War spread throughout the new nation, Caldwell... A slaveholder, whose brother was a colonel in the rebel army, threw his support firmly behind the Confederacy. It was known that any Confederate soldier who could make it to the Caldwell's farm would receive shelter and medical care and be hidden from the Union forces that were often following in hot pursuit. So therefore, you know, 
I'm sure it housed a lot of injured, wounded, which or just is the same people thing. scared, hiding, because yeah. scared, you know. hiding, whatever the case was. So early on, this place is 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 having a lot of probably tragic deaths that come through, especially with the injured, because yeah. no telling what has happened to these people or these soldiers. Medical care was not the best. Not the best, and it, it wasn't a hospital, so they had the bare minimum. Right. You know, which you could get over the counter if they had a counter back then. Right, just basic first aid. Right. So there are stories of wounded soldiers dying from their wounds while hiding in the attic. So that's never good. When you have dying and attic in the same sentence, nope. for me... No good. Like, why would you take them up to the attic? Yeah. You would think. Because, you know, these Union Army soldiers could come in and just start burning the house down. So they're going to have to come down. You would think they would have a basement area to where maybe they have a tunnel. Yeah, or something that leads away from the house. But, you know, what do I know? We were not there. We don't know. We, We were not there. No, no, no. So... That's kind of a interesting fact, though, that they did put them in the attic. Yeah. In February of 1862, the famous Orphan Brigade fled Bowling Green and headed for Nashville, Tennessee. You sounded so country the way you said Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> well, that's what, how I wanted to sound like. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. That's probably how they talk back again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Probably like, yes, sir. No, sir. Uh-huh. It is estimated no. that... 12,000 rebel troops were camped on the property during one night and within a day. (laughs) That's pretty good, isn't it? No, don't ever do that again. (laughs) An estimated force of 18,000 Union troops chasing them also camped on the Caldwell Farm for several days. So, I'm sure they were pretty scared. Yeah. They were the enemy. Yeah. And 18,000 soldiers like that is... That's a lot, of, a lot of enemy. A whole lot of motherfuckers out there. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole lot of enemy. Yeah. So, it is documented that several soldiers never physically left with their comrades, and at least two soldiers lie buried on the property. So, we know of at least two that's buried out there. And there could be more. There could be. I'm sure there is. Well, she's going to town on yeah. something out there. My, my dog is on point tonight. So, the Caldwell family had its own tragedies to accommodate with the deaths of family members, and especially with the tragic death of seven-year-old Elizabeth Caldwell. Now, Elizabeth Caldwell is his daughter. Elizabeth, while playing in the basement, winter kitchen with her there cousin. Was a, what's a winter kitchen? Okay. So back in the day, you know, when it when when heat was scarce. So that's probably what their basement's main thing was was when it was really freezing cold outside. They go down into the basement with the fireplace so that it can heat better. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <clears throat> Where you have better insulation, you know, whatever the case is during that time. <clears throat> it had the better insulation than it did in the top parts. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's basically what it was. So, Winter Kitchen with her cousin. She was playing in there. She caught her dress on fire and burned absolutely to death. That's sad. So, just think of a seven-year-old girl burning to death 
with the the what was going through her mind, the pain that this little girl was in. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't. But what if the cousin pushed her like on accident, like accidentally on purpose? Right. Like I've wanted to do to you a couple times. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let me accidentally on purpose get, yeah. push you down and the, break something. The feelings mutual. So you I mean, know? it could have happened. I mean, but kids today. Kids today are capable of that shit. I don't know about back then, but they are today. But it never really says, you know, how her dress catches on fire. I mean, it is kind of a weird thing. But you think, but you think, you think about fireplaces these days, how they look, you know, the things in front of them. You wouldn't think of a kid just walking by it would catch on fire. Right. You know, so. That makes you wonder, which I guess you can see it whenever you go to the tour, but how that fireplace was set up to make it to where her dress would actually catch on fire. Like, what was she doing Yeah. at that time? Like, who was watching her? Right. And it just says she was playing, so I guess she could have been in the floor. Got too close, but you would think you start feeling that heat. You're going to move. You're going to move, yeah, before you get that close. But whatever. Her cousin could have killed her. We never know. That's what I vote for. Yeah. She is buried in the family plot, yet many people have learned that Elizabeth may still be present. That is a fact. Many of the stories of ghosts surrounding the property are considered to be associated with the Caldwell family, including the smell of flowers and then the stench of decay on the anniversary of Andrew Jackson Caldwell's death. The local police have been summoned as motion detectors triggered alarms on many occasions only to find the house locked and secure. Children who have toured the house have reported seeing other children in historical costume playing in and around the home, yet no adult witnessed the presence of these children. Which that's all, uh, like, kids see, kids see so much. Yes, they're very intuitive. Yes. Intuitive, is that the right word? Intuitive, yes. Yeah, very intuitive. Yes. <coughs> of a paranormal presence. Uh, so that makes sense because I've heard many cases of children like saying they've seen people that they shouldn't even know about. Well, they're imagine like a lot of their imaginary friends. Oh yeah, are yeah. actually you know didn't you have an imaginary friend back in the day? Me? I no, don't... I was tormented by a ghost. But I'm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's facts. Yes, that's why I'm scared of the dark now. <laughs> Thank you very much for bringing that up. PTSD, I'm so sorry. Yes. I but, thought, yes, I, I get what you're saying, though, because there's, yeah. there's kids that have that, that's talking about these things, and parents are freaked out by it, but won't come to the realization that that's what it could be. Right. So they just say, hey, that's your imaginary friend. That's cool. Right. And that's okay. If you don't want to come to terms with it, I'll honestly salute you for that. But my daughter, if she comes up with some... Imaginary friend shit, we're moving. And if that if it continues to go, Something. I'm moving. <laughs> Just leaving the wife and kid, like, peace out. Yeah, I'll like, send yeah, Call money. me when you need me. Uh, we'll meet somewhere. I'm not coming back to this house. No, I'm just kidding. But that would freak me out. Yeah. It would, 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 would very much. So, in 2001, after several owners and being used as rental property... The Bird family purchased the property and began to renovate the house, turning it into a museum that features a Civil War history of the home and region that may that many 
rare Civil War artifacts from the Bowling Green Franklin area, as well as from other areas of Kentucky and Tennessee, Billy D. Bird Executive Director estimates that Octagon Hall receives between five and 6,000 visitors a year. That's quite, that's a good number of visitors. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I, I would think it would be more, but for a whole year, you know, but... People really don't care about history anymore. They don't, but they are interested in paranormal. You know, that's... Yeah. Because they do exhibit that quite a bit. No. But like many old homes, the act of renovating a structure seems to awaken something that makes its presence known in a myriad of ways. Maraud. Maraud? I don't know what that word is. In a bunch of ways. In a whole bunch of ways. I have heard it pronounced myriad before, so that's why I went with that. But I'm not 100. I don't think that's one of them words that you pronounce it how it's spelt. Yeah, I I mean I'm no expert and I'm no teacher. Please help us, God. (laughs) Somebody, folks, email us something. Let us know if that's right. M Y R I A D A D of ways. The Octagon House was no exception, and the Bird family soon realized there was something really odd going on as they worked to build their museum. Beds, which were part of the historical exhibits, were found to contain the impression of a body. Absolutely not. Having been lying on it. Though no one had. So, yes, I have heard uh, many stories of that from different people that say they're just kind of walking through and they can see the indention of bodies. Like someone's on the bed, but not really. Right. This is 2021, though. So I'm sure that that's a money maker, you know what I'm saying. So I'm sure if they can find a way to keep those impressions in there, they're gonna yeah. find it. But I, I'm not docking them uh, until I see it. You know, once I see it, debunk it if I can. If you can't, then it is what it is. You know. But that is kind of creepy to walk in a room and see that. So, moving on. <laughs> Shadowy figures appeared on the staircase, and doors opened and closed on their own. (laughs) That is what I do. Shadowy figures. They appear on the staircase, and doors opened and closed on their own. No, thank you. It's got to be a breeze. It could be a breeze. It's a breeze. Yes. We have... I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but I was a part of a paranormal investigation group. You were. I can yes. I can confirm that. FCPI, Fulton Ooh. County Paranormal Investigations. Shout out to them. Yes, word. Now look here. We had gone to a couple places that where there like a fan cut on at a certain moment and yeah. you know, screech, screech, and uh, stuff like that. Y'all were able to debunk yes. the, the ghost aspect of that. But there were some places where we could not. And I'll tell that ghost story at the end of the show. So, moving on. The author of this article personally witnessed this odd door phenomena while on a historical tour of the house one afternoon in 2007. you believe that? Wow. Wow. So, upon examining the door, I could find no device or wire to suggest trickery and hints. I have no explanation for what I experienced is what he said. And this would be 
an article by the Amplifier. Yes. It was a website that he found. Indeed. To help give us a little bit of research. Right. You got to do research, folks. You're not going to know nothing at all. So, as the renovations continued in this big old octagon hall building, disembodied voices appeared on digital recorders, placed in the rooms to catch them. Mm. These voices, which were not heard by the researchers at the time they were recorded, seemed to come from nowhere and provided answers to questions posed by the researchers or simply made statements like, Leave that alone! Or, Mommy! And that would be close to where the daughter, Elizabeth, was buried. Indeed. Yes. Because, I mean, there has been so many cases of seeing little girl. I mean, that... Like her toys move in. Toys move in. The, the white dress, the little, the little bitty white dress. You know, they can kind of see that in a, the corner of their eye, like, moving. There's been... Um, you can see an adult male in the window. Oh, yeah. Children playing in the driveway. Uh, thing, you know, shadows in the basement. Oh, yeah. I just... I don't like basements, man. Basements like, are never good. No. But that's where she was killed at. It was in the basement. Well, but these... Uh, <coughs> no, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been... Hundreds of paranormal groups that come through here. I mean, this has even been a part of documentaries on PBS, the History Channel, Discovery, Sci-Fi. Yeah. I mean, that's big names. It is. That's big networks. It's but it has been said that Octagon Hall is in in the top five most haunted places in the nation. In the nation or just the state? I'm pretty sure it's the nation. Hmm. So... Because, I mean, every time somebody has gone there, they have picked something up. Right. One way or another. Now, I have, I was reading somewhere um, that there is a ghost. They call him Eddie. Yeah. He is. He was a soldier, a Confederate soldier that was injured. Um, his leg was pretty much shot off. So is that like a proven, like name for this guy that's just what they call oh him. that's what they call yeah it. that's what people have just oh that's just eddie well anyways gotcha. like they would hide you know the injured soldiers in the attic yeah i think we you read that earlier mm-hmm. and um well eddie was up in the attic well the union soldiers were around so uh, mr caldwell couldn't get to him yeah. until three days later and he had bled out and died mm. well it said that if you're like, you can hear walking around, but he's, like, dragging his leg up oh, above wow. you. That's nice. Like, you can hear him thumping <laughs> around in there. Yeah, that's... That is scary. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, if y'all would like to check out the Octagon Hall, you can go to octagonhall.com. That's where you can schedule tours. Uh, the, there's their phone numbers on there where you can give them a little shout-out. Uh, the museum is open Wednesday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Haunted tours are held every weekend. However, the hall is closed on all major holidays except what? Halloween. Halloween. Favorite so. holiday ever. <laughs> and they do allow, like, if you get a group of kids. <clears throat> I say kids. People. If you get a group of friends together that you know, want to see some creepy shit. 
They have tours, man. They have fifty dollars a person yes, for all night, all night long. No, thank you. You can stay there. You can lay your body inside the imprints on the bed. No, <laughs> thank you. My ghosts are one of the affiliates of my investigation group. Went along with my investigation group. Uh, I didn't get to go because I had to sleep at work. Adulting. Adulting, yes. Um, but my group did go, and we picked up quite a bit of different things. Um, our uncle's group went too. Chris and Matt and all them. Mm-hmm. They picked up the voice too. Uh, like giggling, I think is what it was. Like little girls giggling, and they had no little girls with them. You know that. So I mean, how, how do you explain that? Like little girl talking, that kind of thing, and you can tell the difference between a little girl and a woman. Right. You know. Yeah. Even a woman trying to act like a little girl, you can. Yeah, you can definitely tell the yeah. difference. Especially as detailed as this was, I'll I'll play it for you guys uh, if I can ever find it. I wanted to play it for you today, but I wasn't able to, or I wasn't able to find the recording. Because it's been years since we went. Oh, God, it's been so many years since all that happened. Yeah, and it's just, ghost hunting's exciting. It is. Unless you're a scaredy cat. I'm a scaredy cat. Like, I don't like going to anywhere, any rooms by myself, nothing like that. I've got to be having some some backup. You know what I mean? Yes. So that pretty much concludes uh, my segment for Octagon Hall. It is a very mysterious place and a very awesome place to go see. Take the tour. I mean, just walking around it during the day, you could see something. Yeah. And they still have everything set up in there like like it was, you know, the 1860s. Yeah. So, and they have photos on the website that you can check out. Just kind of get your feel for it before you go, if you wanted to go. It's actually quite awesome. But there has been, there's been rumors over the years of people that's lived there, like, if there was murders going on in the house. I I haven't read anything official on that, but. I bet there was, though. Oh, yeah, there could have been. But there was definitely a lot of death. I'm pretty sure a lot of the injured soldiers did not make it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there was tons of deaths, especially whenever, uh, how many was it? 18,000. Yeah. I mean, come on. Enemy. That's a given. Is it not? That is very much so a given. Yeah, so that's kind of a little, some little ghost honey haunts in our area. I say I, little, but this place is pretty big. Um, if any of y'all have any, you know, stories, you can get on our Facebook page, Astoundingly Weird. Um, you doesn't even have to be about Octagon Hall or Camp Beauregard. It could just be any ghost story or creepy encounter that you've had. And um, we'll share it. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell it on here. Uh, we'll tell ghost stories at the end, and we'll give you the recognition. We'll say your name if you want it. If you don't want it, be sure to let us know when you tell the story. Right? Exactly. So, that brings us to our end so, do you have any good ghost stories you want to share? I can't think of any. Well, okay, yes. Um, when me and my daughter's dad, um, we had moved in this little house in Cuba, which is a little spot in the road of Graves County. Right. 
Well, he had worked midnights. Um, his job, he worked midnight. So I was, we had just moved into this house. Um, it was old, creepy. I had no neighbors. Um, I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep, but I kept hearing somebody call my name. Mm. But of course, I'm too scared. So I just cover up my head and just keep on trying to go to sleep. Mm. Lord. I mean, because like it was like they were saying like my maiden name, like they wasn't even saying my married name. Like oh, they were yeah. calling. Yeah. Like it was, I don't know. It was a guy's voice. I don't know who it was. Threw the Ferguson on. It yeah. did throw the Ferguson in there. Wow. Like it, like I sat up in bed cause I thought somebody was, you know, right beside me. So I quickly laid down and covered up and just hoped I made it through the night. Really? You <laughs> laid there? I just laid there, curled up in a little ball. I I'd have left the kids and everything. Just, I, no, this was before no, kids. This was before. Oh, really? Wow. I was and com- you laid there? I did, curled up in a little ball. Did like, you not have a vehicle? I don't think so, no. At the time, oh. I think we just had the one car. Shit, I'd have walked. <laughs> I'd Which, have been gone. My mom and daddy lived like four miles down the road, but I was not running. Uh-uh. Yeah. A field, field yeah. and woods. That Absolutely. sucker would have come out on you. You probably would have ran. I mean, sure. I probably would have jumped yeah. out the window, but mm, no. And he just kept saying my name. I don't know why, but yeah. I just curled up in a ball and went back to sleep. Man. I tried to. Creepy. Very, very that creepy. Is, that is very creepy. I don't so, be liking names being yeah. called and stuff. No. Not at all. <sighs> well, I'll give you my uh, kind of a origin ghosty story for me. Um, when I was a kid... So his imaginary friend. Yeah, my imaginary friend. So I moved. We moved into this house next to my grandparents or our grandparents. Um, my mom and dad and me. This is before my brother was born. And uh, so we moved into this house. I thought it was cool. Whatever the case was, I mean, it was a pretty decent sized house. But you know, the first, I don't know. Three to six months was fine. You know, everything was good. I slept in my room. That kind of thing. Well, just one night, I, I woke I woke up. And <clears throat> where my bed was sitting, there was a closet across the room, right? So I look over into this closet, and it was a, supposed to have been a big walk-in closet, but I had all kinds of shit in there, like toys and mom told me to clean my room, so I just piled it all Threw in Threw everything in yeah. the closet. Right. So I look over there, and there's this this man standing there with uh, long, dark hair and great big eyes. I mean, like the big old bug eyes. You know what I'm saying? You you remember Dennis the Menace? Yes. The the kidnapper guy. Yeah, the kidnapper guy. Oh wow. That's kind of what he looked like, but not dirty. Yeah. But he had a he had a full beard and a uh, mustache, you know. So and he was like just staring. He stared at me for probably two or three hours. You laid there for that long? You didn't scream, holler, nothing? No. I, and I, you want to give me shit? Yeah. Well, I eventually did. Because I thought, you know, this can't be right. I mean, I was a kid. Right. So I was like, this can't be This can't be right. I, I mean, I, I tried to talk to him and everything. Never did say anything. Just stared at me. So eventually, yes, I eased out of bed. I was like. If I get out of this bed and he starts at me. You're done. What am I going to do? You're you know? done. So I eventually did. Ease out of bed. I took off. Straight to mom and dad's room. Right? 
So, I seen this every night. Mm. The entire time I lived there. Except on Christmas Eve night. That's weird. But I was still too scared to sleep in there. So like, we wouldn't even hardly play in there. No, I, I tried to stay out there as much as I could. Even during the day, I'd come home from school when I was a little bit older. Like around 9, 10. I'd come home, and I wouldn't go in there. I'd stay in the living room all the time. But later on, once I was probably 10 and a half, almost 11, Ryan was born, yeah. you know, and my brother. And he was probably maybe one to two. You know, Mom and Dad never believed me. I tried to tell them. Yeah. They are like, oh, that's just cute Whatever, shit. go get in your bed. Yeah, Leave up. me alone. But I wouldn't. I'd, I'd be in their room. <laughs> they eventually moved my bed in there. And I did not sleep in that room the whole time we lived there. You didn't. Like, no. I remember. But I just couldn't no. remember why. I just thought you were like a titty baby. No, that, that was for real. I seen this shit. Every night. Okay, so Ryan was born. <coughs> Mom and Dad wouldn't ever believe me Ryan was born. And uh, he was just able to talk a little bit. You yeah. know, he was he was walking. So he's probably, what, two? Yeah. Something like that. And Mom was in her room folding clothes. I remember this story. Yeah. I remember this. And he walks in, staring at the bed. And Mom's like, son, what are you looking at? He's like, there's a baby on your bed. He went, ooh, that's an ugly baby. I remember that. Yeah. Mom's like, ain't no baby on that bed. <laughs> your mom. <laughs> yeah. She She's like, ain't no so baby funny. on that bed. They shut that up. So, that happened. So I, then, did she believe when Ryan seen something? Not really, no. No, she just kind of was like, whatever, that's kid shit. So, a few days went by, and my dad was working midnights, you know. So, my mom's laying in bed, Ryan's in there, I'm in there. And uh, she hears glass breaking in the laundry room. Like somebody banged, yeah. you know, knocked the glass out of the window in the laundry room. So she already, she grabbed the phone and dialed Bobby Hopper's number yeah. to where it was a cordless phone. So so she dialed the number so whenever she hit turn on, it would dial it. Yeah, you know. the talk button. So she dialed it and she had the phone in her in her hand and she eased in there. She heard the footsteps jump into the window and break the glass as they stepped down. And she was hearing all that. So she had that phone in her hand with that finger on that button. And she eased around that refrigerator to look down the doorway there to see who it was. There was nothing. Nobody, is, no broken glass nowhere. I don't remember hearing about that. Yeah. No broken glass anywhere. So she was like, I must have been dreaming. Yeah. You know. And, well, she went on back to bed and told Dad about it the next day. He's like, I don't glass broke nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no glass blowing nowhere, you know? <laughs> you crazy. So, all this went on. The whole time we lived there, I was 13. Still sleeping with my mama and daddy in the room. I could not sleep in that room. And I was tired of it. You know, I was I was in the girls. I was ready to start, you know, doing my thing. But I was like, I can't be doing my thing while I'm still sleeping with my mom. You know, right. I can't bring no girl that. So, my mom was deathly afraid of snakes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Deathly afraid yes, of snakes. that and cats. Yes. yes. So then, whenever I was 
when I was 13, I was able to come home and just stay at home. I didn't have to no. have no babysitter or nothing like that. So, on my way to the house, I get off the bus, I'm walking up the driveway, and there's a stick laying there. And I'm like, stick. yeah, it was a stick. It was a stick. Just a regular old stick. So I picked the stick up. And I went in the house. And I always closed my bedroom doors. There was two doors. Right. I remember that. Into the bathroom and then into the yes. living room. Yes. And then you had a bathroom off. Yeah. That we never used. Yeah. So I kept them doors closed because I didn't even want to look in there. Right. So I had that stick and I was in the living room on the couch watching TV. And I looked down. I don't know why I grabbed the stick. I just grabbed it. But there was, my mom had a, one of them big old sticky traps next to the furnace there in the living room. And I'm like, hmm, I'm going to put this stick on this sticky pad and roll it around to make it look like a snake got on it and got off. Oh my God. And then I'm going to run over to Nanny's house. So that's what I did. Threw that stick on there, rolled it around and ran over to Nanny's house. And he's like, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, there's a snake in the house. Oh, my God, there's a snake in the house. Blah, blah, blah. There wasn't no damn snake. There wasn't no snake nowhere. But I told her that. Mom gets home. Nanny tells her what I said. And we didn't stay in there no more. We stayed over at Nanny's. I was like, yes. Then we bought a new house. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was my origin story. Finally got out of the house. All because of a stick. All because of a stick. I bet she would. Did you ever tell her? Yeah. I eventually told her. And she was like, that's bullshit, Jake. Jacob. I'm like, well. And didn't Leisha and them find, like, a bunch of snakes, like, in that tree when they oh, cut it no, down? No, we, yeah, yeah. When they cut it down, there was a bunch of snakes. But Leisha and them had their own encounters in there. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that right now, but. Because I'm not 100% sure on all those those stories, but. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, that's that happened to me. That's some creep stuff. That's why I'm so scared of the dark now. And wow, I slept with my mom and dad until I was 13. I, I probably would have to. Yeah. All right, well, that's all we got for tonight, folks. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Um, let, give us some feedback on our Facebook page. Yes, um, let us Twitter, know. and then Instagram should be up tomorrow, hopefully. Um, next week, um, we are going to talk about... The Rando Nautica app and yes. the landlord killer Michael Michael Lee Dudley. Um, yeah. He killed his tenants, and it's kind of linked to that app. So yeah, and it is linked to that app. Um, it's really, it's a really cool. It's I a mean, very it's not interesting cool. case. It's interesting. I shouldn't say yes, cool. It's a very interesting um, case. So we're gonna bring you that next week. I think y'all really enjoy that because it's still new. It's still fresh. new. Like it's, we're still learning stuff about it. So I think it was like what. 2019? No, it's 2020. Oh, it's 2020. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was really recent. Okay. So yeah, we got a recent story for you, and uh, we got a whole month worth of stuff to do. Yes. That we think you're going to enjoy. So definitely give us feedback on the Facebook page for sure. I don't know a whole lot about Instagram and Twitter. I'm not going to lie. So Facebook is more my domain. I'll have to get with Miley on Instagram. She doesn't do the Twitter, but she does the Instagram. Yes. And please, if you want to share ghost stories, post it to our page. Well, it doesn't even have to be ghost stories. Just any type of creepy... Yeah, anything. Yeah. If you want to hear a case, you want to hear us like kind of profile a case, drop it in there. Let us know. We'll look it up, do the research, and we'll, we'll profile that for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely give us feedback. We like to interact with everybody. So 
we'll try to do live shows and stuff like that later on. Once we get better. Yeah, and we know that you, you know, like us. <laughs> and definitely, yes, let us know how we did on this very first episode. We are very proud of this episode. So, this is the pilot episode. Hopefully we have more. Yeah, hopefully. We're going to whether you like it or not. But. Yeah. Even if it's just for <laughs> us, it's very therapeutic. Right, right. It's very... And we're family bonding. We yes. haven't gotten together in a long time. A long time. Jake, you know, it's, it's been a while. It's been a long time, yes. I kind of missed you, cousin. Yeah, yeah. It's been nice. Kind and of. it's very uh, soothing to do this, too. Yeah. Uh, if my mic wouldn't have broke. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to get you a better mic. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look on the Amazon tonight. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we'll do... Uh, well, we'll keep going as long as y'all want us to. So, it was very nice to talk to y'all tonight. We love you to death, weirdsters. Weirdos? Weirds. Weirdos. Weirdians. Weirdians. I kind of yes. like weirdians. Yeah, weirdians is pretty nice. Yeah. All right. Good night, guys. Love ya. Bye.